Once upon a time, once upon a time, there was a very old man. This man always walked around with a little bit of a smile at the edge of his lips. He walked around looking like he knew a secret. It made his eyes twinkle, and his cheeks looked like there were little candles lit behind each one. He looked like he was half elf and half angel. He didn't have many things. He didn't live in a beautiful home. He didn't eat fine food. And yet he seemed so content, so grateful. You never heard him say, I wish or, oh, I want. Nope. And for that reason, he was not very highly thought of in his village. I mean, where was his ambition? Where was his striving? Oh, well, nobody could figure the old guy out. His brothers and sisters uh, called him a bit of a saint, meaning a little bit crazy. Sometimes the old man would squat in the dirt with his mouth hanging wide open. He was looking at an anthill with all the ants going this way and that way. Or, or sometimes he would sit beside a stray dog that lay dying at the side of the road. And he would pet its fur and his eyes would well up in love and awe as the breath left the poor beast's body. Or sometimes, sometimes he would help the old women prepare a feast for a wedding and he would shake his head at how beautiful the food was. Or, or he would wake up in the middle of the night crying for how broken the world was. And yet he would stop and marvel at his own tears. Hmm. Nobody could understand the old man. Whenever anyone asked him about his secret or what put that twinkle in his eye, he would start talking about a tree. No, 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 they would say. We want to know what your secret is. What makes you so content, so grateful? And then the old man would start talking about the tree thing again, and people would just go, What is this secret? Is there a secret? Let's pause for a moment. The old man noticed the ants. He witnessed and accompanied death and the old women. He cried for the broken world and marveled at his own tears. He noticed it all. He held it all in his heart, in all its terrible beauty. Each Sunday, we do something very similar. We pause. We stop. We calm our bodies and our minds and notice the cycles of life and the greater cycles of which we are a part. The poet Denise Levertov writes, Marvelous truth. Confront us. 
confront us at every turn, in every guise, iron ball, egg, dark horse, shadow, cloud of breath in the air, dwell in our crowded hearts, our steaming bathrooms, kitchens full of things to be done, the ordinary streets. Thrust close your smile that we know you, terrible joy. There is something about naming our wounds and the wounds of the world in the company of one another that gives us strength. There is something about naming our joys and the joys of the world in the company of one another that makes our hearts flower. So like the old man, let's pause right now. Let us enter a time of noticing, of seeing all those around us and know there are many joys and wounds, old patterns and tender places that we bring into this room right now. Before we continue with the story, I'd like to extend this time of attention and ask each of us to enter into the story in a new way. I want each of you to take a moment and remember a time when you experienced awe. Remember, that is a feeling that makes you say or think, wow, or awesome. And I'm going to give you an example. When I was a kid growing up in Colorado, my parents argued a whole lot. And so oftentimes in the summer, I would get on my bike and I'd ride about a mile into the foothills up this place called Deer Creek Canyon. And so I'd ride my bike into Deer Creek Canyon and I'd tear off my sneakers and I'd stick my feet in the creek. And when I was really quiet and the sun seemed to shine just a particular way, I sometimes thought I heard a voice. And I never quite understood the words, but when I was a kid, I would say, God is talking to me in the language of Creek. That's the story I would tell if I were telling you a story of my experience with awe. But all of us are different. We all come from different places. So here's what I'd like us to do. John is going to play us a little melody. And I want everyone to sit very quietly and think about a time when you experienced awe. So calm your body calm your mind and think of a time when you experienced awe and then I'm going to ask you to share it with your neighbor now what I'd like you to do is turn to your neighbor and tell a little bit of your story of awe a time when your mouth hung open in awe There's many stories of awe in this room, that's for sure.
So you can continue your conversation down in the social hall. In fact, we welcome that. Telling one another more your experiences of awe. But let's get back to the story because there's a lot of squiggly kids who are just wondering what's happening next. So let's get back to it. So there was this old man, right? And there was this tree that he kept talking about, this tree called the Kalpataru tree. So one day, a little girl came across the old man working really hard in the field, and he was sweating, and he really breathing hard as he hoed the ground and trying to get it ready for the spring planting. But the old man didn't grouse or, or groan about it at all. In fact, he kind of had a little twinkle in his eye. And he never said something like, oh, I wish I was done with this, or oh, I can't wait till this is over with. He just kept on working. And so the little girl asked, old man, how is it that you can work so hard and still have that little twinkle in your eye? And then again, the old man started with it again. Once upon a time, he says, I was an old, no, I was a young person, (laughs) just like you. And there was a tree. There comes a tree again. Well, the little girl was wise herself, and instead of walking off, she sat down and listened. Once upon a time, said the old man, I was a young person just like you. I was this boy playing with a bunch of other kids in my uncle's garden. And we were tired of running around, and so we just sat by our uncle's chair. And he told us a story about the Kalpataru tree. My uncle said that the Kalpataru tree is a magic tree. If you speak to it and tell it a wish, or if you lie down under it and just think of a wish, or even a dream of a wish, your wish will be granted. We were all pretty skeptical. Anything? I mean, really, anything? And the uncle said, Absolutely. Hmm. Then one of my friends said, what does it look like? My uncle looked around the garden like, "Mm it's that one right there. Well, this is too much of a good thing, we all thought. We looked at my uncle's face to see if it had that look that grown-ups have when they're actually fooling around with you and they're not telling you the truth. His face told us absolutely nothing. Hmm. So everyone just scattered, but we all found our way back under that tree. Every single one of us, because all of us had been trained by our parents to believe in wishing. I mean, we wished when we saw the first star at night. We wished when we lost a tooth. We wished when we pulled on chicken bones. We wished at Christmas. We wished before any of our birthdays. Maybe the tree is a magic tree. What can we lose? 
Now, the tree that my uncle pointed to was kind of scraggledy like this one, and it looked a little bit queer and exotic with all the roots just kind of hanging out and some on the top of the ground and some on the bottom. See, there had been this story that this great, 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 great grandfather had traveled to the Orient and come back with a tree. What nobody suspected, including my uncle, was that this was indeed, actually, the Kalpataru tree. Now, the Kalpataru tree listened attentively to all our wishes, and it caught the faintest whisper, and in due time, granted every wish we had. And most of the wishes were very unwise. Some of them led to some unforeseen things. In fact, some of those wishes are underneath your pews right now. I'm wondering if some adults or kids could look underneath the pew and see if something you don't, doesn't really belong under there. And it's not a purse. <laughs> Does anybody see anything that doesn't look like it belongs under a pew? Oh my gosh, there's a cake! One kid wished for a cake. He wanted to eat cake until the cows came home. What there's, there's, I actually see, even from here, one of the gifts that people... There's one right over there. In, oh, there it is! The Barbie set! Yes! And right there in the front row in the balcony, if you look over to the side... Look there, boys. Do you see it? There's something under there that doesn't... Yes! A race car. Somebody wanted to be a race car driver. All of these wishes. And then, oh yeah, there was one other person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It looked like a guitar, I think. Yes, yes. He wished, he wished he was a famous guitarist. Oh, all of these wishes, all of these wishes everywhere. There were toys and race cars and money and that big cake. And most of my friends' wishes actually led to tears and big belly aches. But the wishing tree filled them all just the same. It's not interested in giving good advice. It's just interested in giving wishes. As my friends grew, they all forgot about the wishing tree and the wishing that they told the tree. That's part of the magic of the tree. It makes you forget. Only, and, and this is the terrible part, the gifts the tree gave the children were not really gifts. They were only links, links in a chain, each wish linked to another wish, and so on and so on. The older children grew, the more they wished. And it seems like you can never wish enough, always wishing and wanting and wishing and wanting more and more. No one stops to ask themselves, do I really wish this? Do I really want that? 
Everyone forgets about the Kalpataru tree, but the fever it kindles in the human heart remains just the same. You see, said the old man, you see, I was one of those children too. But my experience was very, very different. For when I crept out of my uncle's house in the middle of the night, and I stood alone underneath the tree, I was astounded by what I felt and what I saw. I realized the Kalpataru was not a pretty magic tree there to grant my stupid wishes. The Kalpataru was unspeakably grand and unspeakably terrible. It made my mouth fall open in awe, and a little bit of fear welled up in me. I knew its roots reached deeper than I could ever imagine, and its branches seemed to reach beyond the stars. It was there before the beginning of me, and it would be there long after me. It was bigger and older and wiser than I would ever be. I was so thrilled with wonder and love on that night that I forgot to make a wish. My heart is still the heart of that young boy standing underneath the tree in the moonlight with my mouth hanging wide open in awe. Ah, forgetting to make any wish at all. That is the end of our story. Many of us zig and zag through this life from wishing and wanting and back again. This is part of what it is to be a human being sometimes in this culture. We're not so wise as the old man. Still, I pray that our days are filled with awe and wonder in this season of wishing and wanting and awe. May it be so.